Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. This podcast is about bringing playful learning back into our lives. Together, we are finding the joy in the journey of life. Today, I am super excited to have this guest with us. We have Luke, Lucas Gillespie, uh, and he is, well, I'm going to let him introduce himself. He's got He's, I mean, he is the man for this. We, uh, the topic we're talking about today is using video games in the classroom. Uh, and Lucas and I have gone back and forth online for quite a bit. And this summer, we got to meet face to face, and that's definitely going to be one of my highlights of the summer. I, yeah, no I was, kidding. It was fun bumping into you at Badge Summit. So, but before we get too deep into this, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Michael, thanks for having me. This is awesome. And it was one of my highlights too, just getting to hang out with you and, and chat. I, I love talking to people who are doing the work uh, in the classrooms with people. So it was it was awesome. So uh, my name is Lucas Gillespie. I am uh, I work at the district level uh, in, in a small uh, rural district in uh, northwestern North Carolina. I am the director of uh, digital learning and media. For the school district. So um, I do a lot of technology planning for the district, technology professional development uh, with our principals, our district leadership, and our teachers, um, and also get into the classroom as often as I can to work with kids as well. And I am I have been and always will be passionate about leveraging games for learning. Um, whether we're talking tabletop games, uh, video games, um, or, or even gamification. I, I, you name it, I, I have played in that space in some way or another, and I, because I love it. <laughs> like, I mean, like I said, guys, this guy's got the pedigree for this conversation, <laughs> um, and it's really cool, I think, to have somebody too in your position that's so passionate about it too, because your position mm -hmm. affects so many schools, so many students, you know, so many buildings. So, you know, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so let's dive in. Because uh, yeah. maybe we should uh, put some qualifiers on it here. Uh, so when we're talking about using video games, uh, Lucas and I were chatting a little bit before the show started. Uh, and we don't really script this stuff out, but uh, he just wanted to make sure we, we where we were going here. We're not talking about your like traditional educational games. So we're not, we're not actually talking about like ed tech games in the classroom. So we're not talking about Kahoot. We're not talking right. about, you know, GimKit. These are all good things to use, and that's cool, but like that's not what we're talking about. Uh, I don't think we're going to bring up uh, Oregon Trail unless uh, it's just for a joke or two. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> as long as we don't get dysentery. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like, right? So we're going to talk about like using these games that weren't necessarily like designed to necessarily be used in the classroom, but, uh, you know, teachers creatively using it, putting that right spin on it. Uh, that's that's really what we're gonna kind of dig into. So, why don't you start with a, one of your one of your favorites that like you've either seen or you've had experience, you know, twisting into the classroom. Sure. Hey, let's dive into the deep end. Why don't we? <laughs> yeah. Just boom. Uh, so, so my first major um, foray into um, commercial games or or non air quotes educational games in the classroom uh, was using World of Warcraft with students um, wow. so yeah <laughs> I, I don't know how i got that one through um 
but I somehow managed to get that one in and um, and and it really though it, it really was a fantastic experience for everyone involved and, so can and you really just paid back the up great. Just, just yeah, yeah one, so, one bit there because I'm not certain if everyone has played World of Warcraft so just yeah, let's, let's talk give it, about it give it a little two second pitch there on that sure so World of Warcraft is a is a, a game created by Blizzard uh, Activision uh, it's a major uh, publishing company um, and um, World of Warcraft is a persistent online fantasy-based game. It's what we call a massively multiplayer online role-play game, or MMORPG for short. Um, and so in this game, you start out as a, as a sort of... Um, a fledgling hero of some sort. Um, you might be a gnome or a dwarf or an elf uh, or a human or, or, or any other of, of a number of races. Um, and you specialize in certain kinds of play style. So you might be a spellcaster. You might be a sword-wielding warrior or, or a, you know, a healer, someone who heals people. Um, and then you begin your journey by... Um, kind of being immersed in the world, like taking quests from uh, computer-controlled characters, um, interacting with others, and going on adventures in dungeons and things like that. And all along the, the way, uh, your character becomes more powerful. Um, you gain more abilities and skills as you play uh, and advance through this world. And, um, and ultimately, you go from level 1 to currently it's level 110. And starting in August, it'll be level 120. Uh, and and com- uh, working together with anywhere from 10 to 25. Uh, and, and at one point in time, it was you know 40 plus people. Um, to to accomplish a common goal uh, in the game, uh, it's persistent. It's going on right now. Even if I'm not there, there are things happening in this fantasy world, and um, it's a it's an incredibly rich uh, world full of storytelling um, and adventure. And um, so we thought, hey, this might be an interesting place to take students on a field trip. Nice. I love yeah. I love the the thing about World of Warcraft. Like you said, that it's persistent. That's just it's always going on and like mm-hmm. things are happening and like this world is is moving forward um and that it takes like considerable amount of time to sort of move i mean it is a giant world so it's sure. not like your typical game where you're kind of like just in this level and you're just kind of going from one dungeon room to the next dungeon room and then you beat the level uh, yeah this is this is like takes considerable amount of time to get from like one province all the way to the next province, and I, I really like that about that sort of rich, sort of large scale world. Um, but like on a different point, like how did like how did you use that in the classroom? Yeah, good question. So, um, so I was heavily playing the game at the time, and and, and actually, let me back up and, and give some some background because I know some of some of the people that might listen to this are. Um, Working in the classroom, and and maybe they're not looking at taking looking at taking on a big project. But one of the things that I found as a as a classroom teacher is that my just being willing to share my passion um, about anything, but the fact that it was games attracted a certain group of kids to my classroom, just like a magnet. And so so my gaming crowd um, back at that time, uh, and this was in the early 2000s. Um, my classroom became a safe place for those kids to hang out and just geek out and talk games all the time. And so World of Warcraft hit the scene around 2004, and um, and I started playing and 
and I had kids that were playing, and so it was sort of an obvious, natural thing. Hey, let's start a guild, and let's play. Let's play together, and uh, and that sort of thing. So I was playing with my students, and that that laid the groundwork for a lot of this. So fast forward several years, and and World of Warcraft is still going on, but um, I moved to the district level, um, and so I you know, was still playing and still knew that there were students that were playing and, and thought, you know what, there is a, a really good opportunity here because I had students in my classroom who might be a sort of an unassuming kind of average student um, sitting in the back of the class, you know, not, not a bad student, not a great like stellar raising their hand all the time trying to answer every kind of question student, but this student was completely different in the virtual world. In the in in the evenings, they they were leading groups of twenty and forty people in these incredible dungeon raids, um, organizing people, leading them, giving instructions and things like that, um, and managing very complex, deep thinking kinds of problems as a leader for people from all over the world. And yet here they are, just sort of the average. Most of their teachers probably had no idea this was going on with this student, and I, and so I'm thinking like. There's something going on here. There's great leadership skills that are being learned. There's awesome communication, right. organizational things, all this stuff, all these what we call today soft skills, you know, that are going on. And these kids are learning these in these games. And so I said, I, I pitched to my assistant superintendent. I was like, you know, what? What if we, what if we started an after school program with some at risk students? Um, give me the give me the the kids that that are at, that have behavior problems, that are attendance problems, that are academic problems. Give me all of those kids, and let's do an after school program and let's use this World of Warcraft game um, and see what we can do and accomplish with those kids um, in middle school. So we were working with middle schoolers because we know that. Uh, when a, if a kid's gonna drop out of school, that those seeds are planted in in that and even earlier really, but but are definitely starting to take root in that time because I want to give those kids something to anchor them in school, and so we said, hey, let's do World of Warcraft, and and her response to me was. I really don't have a clue what you're talking about with all this world of <laughs> war. World of war, what stuff? So but this sounds like a good thing for kids. Let's see what happens. And so that was totally empowering. And and then it was like, yes, I got the green light. And so uh, we we launched the program, um, and um, it it was it was incredible. Stories upon stories of of the way that it impacted those kids. Um, the way that it impacted me as a, as an educator, uh, and, and the partner, te the teacher partner that I was working with at the time. Um, and so we went from there, uh, as an app from an after school program in the following year, um, rolled that into an elective and wrote a full, uh, common core aligned, uh, curriculum, language arts curriculum for world of Warcraft in the classroom. That is fantastic. It was nuts. That is yeah, so I was awesome. Like, I get paid for this. I always used to brag to the kids, like, that makes me, guys. I will tell them, like, guys and girls, this makes me a pro gamer. You know that, right? I am playing video games, and I'm getting paid for it. Pro gamer. Pro gamer, gamer right there. They, they didn't buy uh, it. But I, I love that, uh, well, one, that your principal was willing to take a chance. But what I really loved was that, you know, you, you talked about all these skills that come in. And, you know, in, in my work, when I'm talking about gamification and playfulness and Right. There can be this air of like, well, yeah, like we we do fun Fridays, you know, like we, we got that. And you're like, mm, I 
I'm sort of talking about infusing it kind of throughout your experience, right? So so that we can we're, – we're talking about good pedagogy. We're talking about connecting to those yeah. students, you know. And I loved some of the themes you talked about that, that they're, they're different. That, you know, that in a game setting, the, the game player is different, you know. So when we change our classrooms to be a little more game-centric like that, we're, we're inviting new students to sort of take the helm. And, you know, and, and some of your traditional students may feel a little, like, uncomfortable there. And I think that's okay yeah. because there's, a, there's so many classrooms that aren't doing this, right? That, like, by and large, like the other kids, the kids that are digging this game world, they got to sit on sort of the sidelines in the other classes, class after class. Like, mm. you talked about creating this safe space uh to nerd out a little bit um, yeah i i wear my like nerd badge pretty proud at school oh, and uh <laughs> and, and it is though it is a safe space though so those students that kind of like that and you know never really felt like they had a place to sort of fit in uh, my school's very sports centered culture like a lot of schools mm -hmm. i mean we have so many sports that kids can join from like intramural to interscholastic so like you know like even if you're not fully in the game playing the sports like they offer other opportunities you know but we don't offer a whole lot of opportunities for like that sort of subset of like nerdy want want the <laughs> mental challenge but don't necessarily want like pure you know like odyssey of the mind type challenge uh yeah right uh so there, there's this group there, and I think that this really can service it. Yeah, it, it did. It, it was amazing because we had these kids in this after-school program, these sort of, you know, these, I use the jargon, at-risk kids. Um, they were literally running um, from their last class at the Bell and not running to get to the bus to go home. They were running to the media center. And, and like, can we log in? Can we log in? Can we log in? We're ready to keep going. They were so enthused about it. And and their teachers are telling us, like, saying things like, I heard this kid use this word, uh, and, and like, where's where did he hear this word? Like, this is high vocabulary. This is stuff that I'm teaching in my eighth grade class, and this seventh grader is using this this vocabulary. I said, that's that's from the quests in the game that's a that's part of the sure. language that they're reading in these quests and they're they're acquiring that language in it and i think like you said you know games games give us that um I, there's a term for it i think it's magic circle you know that 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 kind of it's like there's a world within the, our world and the game world is something i can step into and that becomes my context and my excuse for behaving a certain way or or doing um, a certain activity that I wouldn't do otherwise, or or whatever, um, because the game provides the context for that, and that's such a powerful thing. Whether we're talking gamification or or game-based learning, that that warrants using the classroom. Yeah, with uh, being a history teacher, a game that I have used sort of off the shelf and in my class. Uh, that's a video game was civilization, right? That's just that's yes. just a super easy fit. So good. That class got me through Western Civ and I was gonna tell that same story. Like we, we, yeah, had, so we did. had to take these like map like these little geography map tests. And basically it was like the teacher gave like five or six 
of the like most important cities of these countries we're studying. And in, in the game Civilization, you're building a civilization and you start as like whoever you want, the Germans, the Romans, whatever. But the game sort of pre-made, like every time you built a city, it went through these like popular city names. Yeah. And so everybody else in the class is trying to like memorize all this stuff. And it was like, oh yeah, like that's just like the fifth like German city you build. Like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Yeah, I was so pegged in that class as the as some kind of like history geek, and I, I was a biology major, and this was just one of those courses I had to take. But the the instructor would ask things like, "Well, what advancement by the Roman Empire allowed them to take their cities beyond a typical size of the cities of that day?" And I'm like, yeah, "Aqueducts, yeah. because <laughs> you know, or or how are they storing all this food for you know for times of famine and all that?" It's like granaries you know it's all this content that i learned in this game and i think the important thing to point out here is that even civilization as rich in content as it is is first and foremost a good game yeah well that's where i think a lot of like Mm -hmm. like educational games get it wrong like they so try to front load Mm -hmm. the content and then the game's just to paste it on afterthought and like a bad game's a bad game like you know you're not going to want to play it it's not going to engage you and thus, you're not going to learn anything on top of it. So right. you really want to almost backwards design it and have like a good game and then wrap the sort of experience and the content in. And I think, too, you said in our previous discussion that games naturally make us do all those, air quote, soft skills, mm-hmm. right? Which I think we, we can't overlook. Like, I think it's becoming way more popular to talk about emotional intelligence and I think right. games, like, boom, we need to get these in our schools because they're such a natural, great setting for kids. And I'm going to give a pitch here for, like, board games, you know, like tabletop games. Oh, Being yeah. across the table from somebody, Absolutely. looking them in the eye, like, doing that sort of social interaction while doing all sorts of, like, high-level strategy and, like, long-term, short-term planning, resource management, like, the... I guess the term is information literacy, right? Being able to like judge a situation, make the best choice in an ever-changing world. Uh, like that's super awesome. <laughs> it needs to, yes, it needs it is. to happen more, more often. But Civilization was a great one. World of Warcraft you had an experience with. Uh, I'm pretty certain uh, we should probably shy a little bit away from Minecraft just because it's – I mean it's digital. It's too it's easy. It's too easy. It's digital Legos. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we need to dedicate any time to it in this this episode. Um, right. But clearly, like that would be one you could use. Uh, have you have you used some others? Like, sure. Yeah. So um, uh, another great example, and and uh, again, I was working with um, language arts teacher uh, Craig Lawson in in the in my former district on this. Uh, he was a language arts teacher, middle grades language arts teacher. And so uh, one of the big components of his curriculum was uh, all the different elements of story, uh, you know, things like protagonist, antagonist, you know, the rising part and the falling part of the story and all that stuff. And so we were at the time using um, iPod touches pretty heavily in his classroom. And so we loaded them all up with the Sims game. Um, And so we were using the Sims and then um, uh, a, one of the comic book, comic strip creators. Uh, and so they were playing through a scenario on The Sims and writing stories from that character's point of view. Uh, what it was like to be that Sim growing up or, you know, getting up in the morning, going to work, 
holding down a job and th- that sort of thing. And they were sort of fleshing out a narrative around that that didn't exist in the story and using comics uh, and screenshots uh, to tell that That's story. That's cool. That's a uh, great. It was awesome. That's a great like sort of takeaway of like how easily you could do this with some games. You know, like you know, yeah. you kind of blur the line between like playing the game and like being in the classroom a little bit and let let the yep. two play off of each other. I think those are powerful situations. I I do uh or I did a simulation in my class that you had to you had to pay for it was this online sort of world uh, called Civic Mirror and it was to teach civics. Uh but I think it's one of the best like ed tech simulations out there and it does that very thing really well. So that, you know, a lot of these ed tech companies want it all to be tech because it's like that's their world, that's their niche, that they can have right. all these designers, they can keep keep adding features with their designers that you have to keep paying for. These guys all came from the educational background, so they were educators first, and then they hired, you know, like designers to like or programmers to make the game. So first and foremost, teachers, and they blur that line. So you have some in-game things happening, some resources being created and traded online. You know, the game's going to do some random events for you. But then you have these, like, class experiences that are the politics. So the, we're all the citizens mm-hmm. in that world, and we got to, like, pass laws and do these things. But it's in class, and you're debating in class, and you're researching in class. And, you know, it was just an awesome... It, it truly, like, extended your classroom and sort of flexed what you could do because of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's when like ed tech just hits on grand slam when it, when it oh, like, yeah. when it really empowers the classroom, it doesn't just power it. Yeah, I agree that that's the kind of thing that we took forward into our curriculum. When we wrote, uh, when Craig and I wrote the curriculum for world of Warcraft in the classroom, I mean, we, we were just taking that, like, what is it we want kids to learn how can the game be a vehicle that can drive that, that, but it's also engaging them at the same time? So we had kids um, creating propaganda, yes. um, art, and, and videos um, based off of – purely situated like what would be a propaganda type poster or or ad or, or message that you would see in this world and creating those things and so along the lines we're along the way we're teaching them some basic uh, graphic editing skills and things like that um, and then they were diving deep into what it is to be you know to do advertisement propaganda and things like that it was just tons of examples of fan fiction they were writing fan fiction they were um, they were creating um, like, uh, like company, like guilt. They were creating. They were tasked them to create mottos and uh, vision statements for their their player guild, um, and by researching what other companies did and things like that. Uh, it was just there were so many different connections, and all along the way, we also had them reading um, The Hobbit by Tolkien, and so they're looking at Bilbo's journey as a hero. And then they are looking at their own character's journey as a hero in World of Warcraft, and they're even taking time to reflect on their own personal journey as a human being in the tough years that middle school is and, and, <laughs> and drawing parallels between those three things. It was awesome. No, I mean, like, so I liked awesome. how like rich that experience was, and like mm-hmm. you really like immerse the students in, in, in yeah. all those worlds, right? Yeah, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other games that 
we could bring up here. Uh, sure. Sim City uh, is like. Yeah, city town management. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, the, any of those games like Sim City, um, Skylines. Yeah. Uh, is another one. Um, and those are great. Um, any of the sports games, interestingly enough, and that's going to appeal to a different subset of your of your student population. Um, I was at a um, a conference once and watched a lady um, was presenting about how she was using things like Madden the Madden games uh, and um, and what they were doing was they were looking at um, how the player statistics played out in the game and then doing the calculations behind the scenes to uh, track those statistics of the player stats in those games. Whether, and you could do that with any of the major, you know, the NHL games or FIFA or any of those games. I have all those numbers under the hood if you want, as a player, if you want to dig in into those spaces and, and look and crunch numbers and things like that. There's so much that you can do. Sometimes you just let the game be the inspiration and, and then map it, um, that, that, that onto um, the curriculum that you have to teach. Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. You know, mm-hmm. like let let the game sort of speak for itself, and then sort of build the. Mm-hmm. They had you're 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 a master educator. You're a teacher, like so. Then you're gonna figure out how to like plug these things around it. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's that's okay. I think that's powerful. You're choosing that tool and figuring out how best to use that tool. Uh, Another one I was going to say when you brought up sports, uh, I have never personally used this in the classroom, but just you know, trying to like jam out on this topic, I would tell any teacher that is into like math or economics, if you're a history teacher, uh, I think it would be fun. There's a free web game you can play called Hat Trick, and it is mm. the largest... I want to say it was the largest online sporting game. Or maybe like web game. There's probably like a few qualifiers to that statement. But I mean, it's got like over a million players. uh, And it is a, like you're the the owner of a soccer club. All the guys are fake, but they have all these stats. You know, like you, you can see how good they are as a forward and a center. You have like a training program so you can like, hire trainers to like get those guys up you get but where it's a great for econ is because it has over a million users the the market to trade your guys isn't is completely like open market and you know as you train your guys up you might have bought this guy for five thousand dollars you start as a really cruddy team so you might have bought this guy for five thousand dollars trained him up a few levels and now he's worth forty thousand dollars you know and it starts really slow like that but you eventually work your way up to you know like i have million dollar players uh but kind of going back to your world of warcraft it happens super slow like it is more or less real-time game here in the united states wednesdays are your uh practice games that you can schedule mm-hmm. to get more training. And then I think it's Sunday is the actual game. Uh, so you're only playing a game a week. So to finish like a season, it takes nine weeks or ten weeks. I forget how many games they... Wow. Right? So dedication. So it's dedication. And then like, you know, then if you make it into the tournament, you play a few more games, and then a new season starts, and it's another ten weeks, same. And you're the same, you know, club. You're trying to like move your club up the ranks. But... I just think there would be so much you could attach to that. It would be really fun. The game actually does uh, a live 
like feed of the game happening. So if you happen to be mm-hmm. around, you don't have to watch it, obviously, but you you can log on and almost like a ticker, it'll like come across like it'll say one of your players' names made it up the side and like oh the shot like just missed, you know, and and then like you'll be waiting like and then a couple minutes will go by and like another update will come. Uh, How cool is no, that? No, it's just I think it's that's think awesome. It's well designed. Obviously, I have played it. I I do not play it anymore, but it was a really really good time. And a lot of my buddies played it, and it was fun to sort of like talk about it, and it was just a good time. But the oh, amount yeah. of thinking that went into that, and like long-term planning, you couldn't be willy-nilly with this. And some of those soft skills you get, you know, when we talk about kids' you know grit to stay with things, mm. uh, if it was part of a class that they were like, hey, <laughs> it's going to take the whole first quarter <laughs> to like play a season. But you know, if, if if they know that up front, and 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 again, I, I think, and you know this as a classroom teacher, like the, your students are going to feed off of your passion and your enthusiasm, um, and so, you know, when you are exuding that, that they they're going to latch on to it, um, and and so, regardless of what the game is, I mean, you you can take and you can make it, the teacher still the the critical piece here in all of this, um, and and so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's uh, there's just so much potential, and and we could go on. Like I have tons of games. Like we could just. I've always challenged people. I said, "You name the game, I'll find a way to connect it." To it's so true. It's so true. Uh, and I could, I could definitely do it with board games. I could nerd out on board. I could tell yep. you, like, that's probably another show we're gonna have to do. I yeah, I'm I'm down for that. You let me know when because I just spent um, the past week at uh, the North Carolina Center for the Advancement of Teaching, doing a lot of game-based learning and, and and such. And part of what we did with the teachers there was in the and during our breaks we played games, uh, a lot of board games. So um, the the fan favorite for this trip, it's always different every year we do this event, but uh, was Five Minute Dungeon. I don't know if you've played. I've not one. played it yet. Fantastic. So good, but I got to play Viticulture for the first Ooh, time. It was amazing. I love Viticulture. Yes, uh, it was a great game, um, and several others. But yeah, board games are. Whole I will other. say just a plug here before we end. Like everybody, like go out and you know pick up a new board game. Uh, there's so yep. many good ones out there. You know, play with your family or do like a once a month. Invite some of your friends over. It is a good good time, and as Lucas and I have been talking about these video games. They're just, you play it and you, you'll you be like, one, this is super fun and we're having a good time. But, two, but yeah. two, you'll think of like either ways to use that game or at least like I put in my book, the, the mechanics of the game. You're going to be like, oh, I liked how like you couldn't build this building until you did this, that, and the other. Or like in Viticulture, right. there's like the sort of two sides of the board, you know, like sort of the, the spring and the fall like sides or... I don't know if that's what they're called, but it's definitely like two distinct sides of the board, different places you can put your workers. Such a cool mechanic. That's the first time I've in a worker placement game that I'd ever encountered that before, like the night uh, or the the two different seasons and and all that. Loved it. So, I mean, it's cool. So get out there and play it uh, or play games in general. And we're going to have to definitely do a a board game show here. Yeah. but before we end here, we have to do reflection time. That's just a must on yep. the show. So, you ready? Let's this go. This one comes from Michael Jordan. 
the dude liked to play some games. And he says, just play, have fun, and enjoy the game. How does that hit us for today's topic? I, I 100% agree. And th- that that really, I, that's actually very timely because it gets at the heart of, of really the, the, the niche that I've kind of carved out for myself professionally using games not designed for education. Because if they're a good game, they'll stand on their own. Um, and they're going to be fun. Um, I think it was uh, Chris Crawford, uh, former uh, developer at Atari, um, who who has this quote that says, "Fun is an emotional response to learning." Nice. And if that doesn't sum it up, I don't know what does. Because when when I when my when I am in a state of mind that's saying I'm having fun. That is analogous to that learning is taking place, that my brain is being engaged in a way that it, it the emotional response is fun. Um, and, and we know that in classrooms, teachers, you know, you know that when your students are having fun, um, typically that's when some of the most impactful learning is going on in that space. And games are designed to be fun. If they're not fun, they don't sell, right? And so... Uh, the best games are fun, and so I, I think there's learning inherent in them. Um, and so a master teacher then just simply says, okay, well, what's the content in this fun game that stands on its own already and just finds the places to make, help students make those connections to curriculum and learning? I like it. For me, summing up Michael Jordan's quote here, just play, have fun, enjoy the game. What I, what I want all of us teachers to sort of recognize, we all know as adults, Michael Jordan had to put in an insane amount of work, an insane amount of time at practice, injuries. I'm sure he was tired. I'm sure he, you know, people in his life were like, why can't you just come on and out and hang out with us? Like, the dude worked all the time to be at that level. But look at his quote here. Just play, have fun, and enjoy the game. Like, when you're immersed in, a, in, a, in something that you're passionate about, he doesn't. He doesn't bring up all that that junk, all that like work. He was just passionate about it. So just play, have fun, and enjoy the game. I, Absolutely. I well, Lucas, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, it Michael. Was super fun having you. Uh, I could so nerd out about this stuff <laughs> all day, every day. Me too. Uh, so everybody else, thank you guys so much for joining us again. Uh, it's truly an honor every week having you guys listen. As I say, like the show just keeps growing and growing, so keep sharing it with your friends and put it out there. It's just I love seeing this community grow. You guys have been great. Also, if you could check out the Hive Summit, uh, that is that's Woo-hoo! coming up here shortly. So uh, August first, we kick off, and we're gonna have a great lineup of speakers. And you guys need to be at the Hive, be in the Hive. Actually, wait, by this time. It might have already started. But either way, like, get in the hive. It's going to be super awesome. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy your week and play on.